Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Hello everyone, it's Brother Ghoulish, and welcome back to the Alter Tapes from the Anatomy of a Scream podcast. If you are listening to this, I'm taking it that you watched the short that is in the title, which is Stuck. And if you haven't, you can actually find it on YouTube. Here's a quick summary to whet your appetite. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Champions don't stop until they get it right. A gymnastics coach must deal with a man who has taken an interest in the young girls she coaches. The man makes a bold move, and the coach responds with an even bolder one. And it was written and directed by David Michelson. But I am not here alone. I am joined by the great Joe from Horror Queers. Hey, what's up, Joe? Hello. I'm so excited to talk about this weird little short. I am too. I didn't anticipate that it was going to go in this direction at all. <laughs> no, no. Like I, I had kind of quickly jumped through it when you suggested it. And when I ended up watching the full thing, I thought, oh, this is actually way more clever than I was giving it credit for. Same, especially because when I saw the title stuck, I I took it as like feeling stuck in life or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So then when the short unfolded and it was about gymnastics, it was like, oh, this is brilliant. And I wanted a little <laughs> bit more Tanya Harding, but you know. 
Right. Well, it's funny that you say that you thought it was going to be about people feeling stuck like in their lives or mentally because the short definitely opens giving you that impression, right? Because we've got this coach, she's sitting listening to a podcast in her car. And it's all about like how you cry and feel your emotions. And Mm. you're just like, oh, okay, what's her deal? And the short really doesn't end up capitalizing on that because it then goes in a completely different direction. You know what? You're right. It's and, and the funny thing is her encountering that man across from her who turned out to be a monster. Mm-hmm. I think that's why this short works, because I assumed he was going to be in a similar situation as her, like sitting in the car. Oh. Maybe they'd strike up like a little conversation or something. But mm-hmm. what ends up happening is they get into the horror pretty quickly. And it's not the yeah. same type of horror. It's like gore and blood. It's no. like social horror. And I... Oof, there's so much I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you when you read the logline of the short, I mean, obviously, they're trying to bury the lead a little bit by keeping it vague with he makes a bold move, and then she makes an even bolder move. It's like, okay, but <laughs> I think one of the things that ended up striking me is how this is at once a very, very simple and straightforward concept, right? He is a grosso perv who's preying on these gymnastics girls. And, you know, there's a little bit of a cab commentary about how she tries to call somebody in to deal with him. And they're just like, Oh, we can't do anything for you. So she has to take matters into her own hands. But I I don't know, I was really digging this kind of good for her vibe. And also slightly uncomfortable with the idea that she turns all of her students into co-manslaughter conspirators. <laughs> you know what? I was so sucked into the idea that this man is getting his comeuppance mm-hmm. that I didn't think about it that, yeah, this is kind of socially irresponsible from her. <laughs> like, she should not have these these young women, like, participating in the murder of this man, even though he mm-hmm. was disgusting. And oh, I, yeah. I wanted it so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, he fully deserved it. I mean, even the fact that he, he mouths her off when she tells him, okay, you shouldn't be here. And then he sneaks into this gymnastics club, goes to all the effort to insert himself into this pad so that he can be a peeping tongue of young girls. You're just like, oh, this dude is absolute shit. But I like that he's not grossly lecherous and that kind of stuff like he looks like he could be a regular person except his actions are despicable Hmm, i like that i mean yeah because he does come off like an average joe and he's Mm -hmm. probably rode on that for so long yes that's why he was so i mean bold Mm -hmm. he was just he was straight up bold he did not care and i think that Her being someone who is like a woman of color who had some perceived disability, Mm -hmm. she kind of represented like an intersection for me um, facing against like the bold white male patriarchy, like knowing like no one's going to stop me. So like, what does it matter? Because that's what his actions pretty much screamed. And so in that moment, like her frustrations were mine. Like I just was like, oh, my God. And then like it's so effective to see her calling the police. And they're pretty much like, well, we can't do anything. You know, Mm -hmm. like he's, you're saying he's on the premise, but you don't see him. So like, what are we supposed to do? And they're absolutely useless in that effect, but it's almost like, what can they? Shit response. I'm like, God. Just terrible, man. Just terrible. I'm so with you though, because I thought, oh, maybe I'm watching this with like sensitivity readers on (laughs) because I thought 
there's a very deliberate decision to make her a black woman and also uh, dealing with a disability. And like, you know, we, we get some insight into her when we hear the sort of, it's not a monologue, but like she's replaying the commentary from her Olympic bid where she was injured. So we get some sense of how that happened. But like, there's a very deliberate decision to make this character both black and disabled and a woman against mm-hmm. a white man who you're right has obviously played this game before because we hear him make the phone call into work where he <coughs> helly i'm sick i can't come in Ugh, again today gross. so like he's obviously used to getting away with things with getting things on his own terms and i love this idea that this frankly sometimes unlikable black disabled woman is just like well fuck it i will take things (laughs) into my own hands then yeah i mean she definitely had um a glass of lemonade from beyonce because it was straight up alchemy (laughs) like she was like i'm taking these lemons and i'm crushing this motherfucker to death (laughs) yeah yeah i was definitely rooting for her and i don't know like i watched it a few different times Mm -hmm. and then the second time watching it i was like you know what there are a few things that i'm like hmm but i suspend disbelief because it was so satisfying so for example how did he sneak in without anyone seeing him Mm -hmm. yeah he would have had to have immediately followed her and maybe while she was distracted cleaning the mats and doing various other sort of preparatory work but I definitely thought that because when we see him in the mat, it is clear that he has moved a whole section of that padding to make space for his own body. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that maybe, you know what? Maybe they did kind of explain it a bit by her confronting him and and seeing that he had been there a few times. Like maybe he came like Mm -hmm. right after she left before. Right. Or, um right as she came in like you said like hot on her trail so when she was in her office he was just pulling padding out mm-hmm. and maybe she just never noticed him because it takes for me to see someone a few times as well before i'm like okay no this is this is strange i'm continually seeing this person <laughs> now i'm clocking you i yeah. finally figured out okay i this isn't a random occurrence i've seen you before and also tasteful that they didn't do like that piece of the story first where we see her encountering him multiple times because that would have bored me i like they just cut right to it with a very small piece of like clever dialogue by saying hey you were here yesterday oh i'm Mm -hmm. here for my daughter it's a different set of girls i love that detail yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's very clear quite early on who exactly these characters are right like we get a sense of how she is when she confronts him but then even when that first girl comes in and she's so curt and authoritative with her like and and that's what i mean by unlikable and i i actually laud the short for doing that because I think it's important that we watch media or consume media that doesn't always present everyone as super nice and generous and patient because that's not real fucking life. I don't know about you, but I encounter (laughs) lots of people like this coach where she, she has a job to do. She needs to get these girls like working through their paces because she has also been there, right? Like she is a former champion So I love this idea that she's not just a a meek pushover or a nice coach who's very supportive. Like, she's a bit of a bitch. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, it's gotten her to a place where she's earned the merit. Mm -hmm. She's well within her right to just, like, get things done in the way that she needs them done. 
And to me, this whole concept of like, it's, it's, it's always strange to me when people want women to act like sugar mm-hmm. spice and everything nice and all this. It's yeah. just like, that's, that's weird to me. Like, because if you are a grown woman with your own stuff going on, you've been working hard. Mm-hmm. You deserve to just come at it the way that you come at it. And that be that. Like these societal <laughs> expectations for women to be yep. one particular way is just so full of shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So question for you then, and this is potentially insensitive, but <laughs> was there a concern then because she's a black woman that this is conforming to like negative depictions of black women who are like, oh, they're so quick to anger or they're they're less kind and likable? For me personally, no, because the women in my family who act like her are respected and they're like the matriarchs of the family because they're the ones who get everyone together when things get out of line, Um, especially when there's like conflict between other family members and stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't see them as being like, oh, she's being such a bitch for this or blah, blah, blah. Like we just see it as like, oh, that's just Aunt Pam. Like she she does. She does not play, (laughs) you know, like in. She works hard. She's worked hard for everything she has. She doesn't mm-hmm. have time for foolishness, and she right. doesn't suffer fools lightly. She's, she's Pam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so wait, you're you're saying you treat her like a human being, and you respect the fact that she won't let you uh, act like an idiot or a fool? Um, yeah, it, I know it sounds like a like a far fetched concept for maybe some people, like, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a what a novelty. Right. The things we take for granted, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I do appreciate that because, I mean, obviously, gymnastics lends itself a little bit more to women and female coaches, not exclusively, of course, but, you know, in this setting, in this environment, these gender politics definitely make sense. And, I mean, the sort of least likely thing is that if you were a perv, you'd be going after young gymnasts because often they're going to have a different kind of body than oh, we yeah. would see. But um, I don't know. There, There's something so, as I said, simple and straightforward about this where it's basically just a revenge short and we get to watch these girls crush a disgusting man repeatedly. And I... I do love the way that this is shot in particular, like the use of montage to just see these girls' bodies falling and we get to see the injuries that he's sustaining. Like, I do love that bloody crotch shot because it's just like, yeah, fucking make that dude's testicles bleed. He deserves it. Yeah, I I loved it too. Like, it didn't feel amateur like at all. And I'm not assuming that the filmmaker would be amateur or not. That's not the point. It's just... I have like a lot of liberty for um, like short films because I don't anticipate that mo- many of them have like the same budget as like mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. like bigger franchise films. So right. I don't let that usually stand in between me and a good time. But this felt very skillfully crafted. And mm-hmm. for it to be 14 minutes, it's on the longer side of like some of the ultra shorts that I um, watch. But right. it didn't feel like it because the pacing was just so brilliant. And I think Mm. a big piece of that was the choice to cut the scenes the way they did, using the sound score the way that they did, and just the way the dialogue was. It it just felt like it was very amped up, so it's a very nice ride. Yeah, I agree with you up to a certain point, and that is actually the ending 
because I think we get some great moments of gore. Like, I think the practical effects on, like, when his jaw is dislocated and his tongue is hanging out, that is chef's kiss. Looks great. (laughs) I love the reveal when the coach finally unzips and we just get to see his body and the fact that he is still alive. So he's making sounds and she's just like, hmm this mat is dirty and it's no good anymore. And you're just like, <laughs> that is great. But that's also where I wanted the short to end. I don't actually think we get anything useful after she pours the bleach on him and we just see her stuffing the mat into the garbage. Like, I think visually it's satisfying to see like, oh, he is a piece of garbage and now he's in it. But I don't think it's the capper that works as effectively as it could. Like, I would have liked to have cut it about 30 seconds earlier and just be like the punchline is when she's like "Mm, this mat's dirty you know what i thought it's funny you say that because i thought the short was going to end there Mm -hmm. because i was watching it in full screen so i wasn't watching the ticker okay and it felt like a natural point to to end the climax like it would have been witty it would have been funny and i would yeah i can i can actually see that argument Mm. i can see that I mean, it's so tricky, right? Because as you said, like, this is 14 minutes, it's maybe a little bit on the long side compared to some others. But obviously, we want the length to fit whatever the the content and the themes and the messages behind the short are. But it always feels like when I'm watching shorts, I'm more aware of how long they're playing with like i will give a lot of lenience to a 65 minute movie an 80 minute movie 95 210 like you know as long as it is giving me everything then i'm willing to go along for that ride with shorts i find i'm way more critical of like you're packing a small compact punch and especially Mm, with this where you're you know this is a comedic violent short so I really wanted it to land that stinger in the same way that the girls are landing their move. And it just, it felt like it ends with a little bit of a, uh, okay. Yeah. You know what it is? Like the campy feel of the, of the short, in addition to the way that how hyper realized like the gore is, mm-hmm. it almost feels surreal. And so the end, it kind of brings you down from a right. high that the, the short fought really long to achieve. Because right. the entire time, I think the heaviest moment is in the beginning when he bucks at her and like right. laughs. Like you, you can feel that he's going to come and maybe try to harm her, maybe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when you figure out, oh no, that's not what this short is about, right. the rest of it feels almost fantastical. Yeah, yeah. Because the moment that she spies him with the fucking black Christmas eye peeking out of that gym mat, and then she just comes over and zips it up, I was like, okay, so we're going into frankly unrealistic territory because she wouldn't right like she would flip out she would get the girls out of there she would definitely call the police lock the doors and so on if this was real life and instead we move into this realm of okay she's gonna fucking give it to this guy and it's gonna be really satisfying and that is all great but then seeing her stuffing the mat into the dumpster at the end i was like she's got that bum leg you know like how did she get that mat with a full fucking corpse in it in there it just it really drew me out and it broke the fantasy so i was asking logistical practical questions again and that's not where i wanted to end this you know what i agree 100 percent. that hadn't crossed my mind like how could she have even gotten it out there that's true especially without the aid of 
the students at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it would be a group effort, even if right. um, there were three of them. I don't think that is enough to move that big ass thing. Probably like that. not. No. Yeah. Like, and I didn't see a wheelbarrow anywhere. No, so. <laughs> I think that's what I needed. I needed to see something where it was like, oh, here's like a, a rolly something or other that we would use to cart equipment around the gym. And she's just got it off to the side. And I recognize like I am. I'm whinging on small little insignificant pieces, but I feel like everything else that the short did was relatively well thought out. Like it felt polished, as you said. So this little last piece, I was like, this just doesn't have the same finesse. Yeah, it doesn't. Or or, or the same feel of fantasy. Mm -hmm. Because it feels like when I watch um, a lot of horror shorts, not just on Alter, but just generally speaking, it's actually difficult to strike that balance between something oh, that uh-huh. feels like super fantastical, but still yep. gives you like that horror feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're you're trying to do so much in such a little amount of time, right? Because this to me is also a very self-contained story, right? Like I often end my episodes with other folks saying, you know, do we want to see a longer version of this short? Like, would you want to watch a feature? How would that happen? What would it look like? And here are, I feel like my answer is a resounding no. Like, I actually really like this as a simple contained short. And as a result, I'm like, okay, but I also want to see it really well executed. So the little things end up causing me some big distractions at the end of the day as a result. Usually when people ask me, like, do I want to see like a longer version of a short? Usually Mm -hmm. the context is very like, do you not want to see it because it's not good or or something like that? But Mm -hmm. I agree, but not for that negative context reason like you said it's self-contained like the story is done like we don't we don't need anything else the person who worked on this obviously understands their medium very well right because sometimes some shorts they feel like the person wants them to turn into a feature-length film oh and so there's just way too many details way too Mm -hmm. much exposition for something that's just supposed to be about 10 minutes But this was fast and quick, and it gave us so much information about each of the characters. It was even so well done character-wise that we even got a small character arc for Becky, which I Mm -hmm. thought was brilliant how they tied it into the death of the guy and making sure that she sticks that landing. I thought it was very clever as well. Because when I was looking at the cast list, I was like, oh, there's only three people in here. But then I see, oh, there's a whole string of girls. So which one is Becky? Mm-hmm. And yeah, when she when she sticks that landing and she gets the thumbs up from the coach and all the other girls applaud her, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, you know, it. Becky's in her own coming of age YA short where <laughs> she's like, I can never impress the coach. I'm never doing it well enough. And then today was the day I stuck the landing and it finally came together. And you're like, Becky, you're in a horror short. You just killed a man. <laughs> right. Right. There's like blood all over her feet. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that for you, Becky. Yeah, me too. Especially for this creep, because I think it went fast, so each time I watch, I couldn't tell for sure. But mm-hmm. it feels like her story even starts outside because I think that's mm-hmm. the young woman who's wa- uh, walking in first. She is, yeah. So it's kind of like the story could even be told from her perspective, but then we wouldn't know what the hell is going on, and that's what mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what makes it more funny. Oh, but see, now you are expanding this. You are actually interested in seeing a different version <laughs> of this because. What if we did a three-point perspective? So we're getting it from Coach's perspective, we're getting it from the man's perspective, and then we also get the, Becky has no idea what's happening, but she's also a player in this drama. 
that would actually be kind of fun, especially it, um, when they flash to the coach. If we can even get flashbacks to like some of the battles that she dealt with as an Olympian, mm. like you know what it is. I don't want to see a traditional like serial like story for right. maybe this, but something like that where it popcorns around. That mm-hmm. would be actually kind of funny, and it could last about an hour um, or more, and it would probably be really good. Yeah, you, you'd have to think about what distinguishes the different parts of the story, and like, is the coach's backstory just traumatic and sad, or does it have its own horror component? Because if not, then you've got to change up the tones, right? Exactly. I think the best way it will work is if it starts maybe a little like, it comes off like, oh, same old, same old, because... I'm pretty sure a lot of viewers would be expecting like a lot of that, mm-hmm. but then seeing her triumph. And right. so like in the, the flashbacks come together into this larger story that shows that she's not the one to be messed with. And it lines up with the death of this dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> like right as she's overcoming in the flashback, Becky sticks the landing and um, the story comes full circle. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe she had her own incident where she was having to deal with another perv and she didn't have the strength to stand up to them. So this is kind of like, well, I'm going to help Becky, but also I'm going to deal with my own personal demons. See, like this, it could work. It could. But I don't know, to your original point, though, like it's it's self-contained. So like even if they didn't uh give us uh all that, like this is this is a nice little nugget. Like I'm (laughs) I'm good. Because sometimes I feel like it, when we manifest things and we get them, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like, why yeah, did they I touch oh, this, this story? Oh, this isn't what I actually wanted. <laughs> Never mind. Go back. No, I don't want it anymore. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, sometimes a, a certain horror story should just be left alone. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we can think of a few right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, and I mean, one of the things I still love about doing this show with everybody is that there is a place for short horror storytelling. And I love that we have just this absolute deep bench catalog of different types of stories to draw from. Like, I haven't had the same conversation except to be like, oh, do we want to watch a longer version of this short? But like... There's so much passion and like diversity in terms of the stories that are being told in short horror films that I'm just like, yeah, I I can't believe more people are not watching them. Like that's my, my greatest frustration. I agree. And I have a theory on this. I haven't like dug enough to see if it's, you know, true, but sometimes what I feel it is, is that when people think about horror, they typically think about like horror movies, which are Mm -hmm. big box office things. And sometimes they'll think of indie works that are very popular, like Cam on Netflix or something, Mm -hmm. then they may, if you're like a really big fan, start to look at some of the like literature that's inspired a lot of this work and maybe read quite a bit of it. So unfortunately, horror shorts get treated like the, I don't even know what the proper term would be. It's almost like they're treated as less desirable. Like it's just not what people think of when they think of horror. And I'm like, okay, I guess. And it doesn't help that you encounter people who treat shorts kind of like stepping stones into feature length films when that's not what they are. Like, mm-hmm. it's a completely different experience. And it's extremely perfect, actually, because you can just sit here and watch in the same length as like a feature length film, multiple stories, like back to back to back. And it almost mm-hmm. mimics like a horror anthology, which I basically grew up loving when it came to like the twilight zone the outer Mm -hmm. limits but you're controlling the direction that it goes yeah 
Well, and I love the idea that it's all really accessible. Like if you if you fall down an ultra horror short rabbit hole, like you could just be here for days on end because <laughs> yes. it will autoplay the next short. If you don't like it, just hit next. There's another one that you might like more. Yeah, and I and I've done that for certain shorts that I've watched. Like sometimes it's just not for me for right now or something. Mm-hmm. I just get past mm-hmm. it. But I mean, there's so many. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so... Okay. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I did have a quick question for you. Okay. I was going to ask it earlier, but it slipped my mind. In this uh, in this situation, if you were in her shoes, the coach, mm. how would you have handled this? Oh, shit. Um, I don't think I would have had the gumption to set up the mini tramp and have the girls have a run at it. <laughs> I probably would have cleared them out and gone it solo. Hmm... Like, I don't, I would not personally be doing the vault either. I would be like, how can I get this motherfucker? Like, he's effectively trapped right now. I would probably find like a heavy piece of machinery and just like tip it over onto the yes. mat and squish him. Yes. That's also good. <laughs> For me, mine is like boring. I'm, I'm very sad, but like, to be honest, what I would do is I would go to the locker rooms right. and I would get like one of those little padlocks, like the teeny tiny ones, mm-hmm. and I would attach it to the zipper so he couldn't get out right and i would call the police <laughs> oh okay well yes i would have called the police as well i thought we had to murder him i thought oh. that was the game we were playing ryan <laughs> i mean no if we have to murder him how would i have done it i probably would have same difference like the padlock thing mm-hmm. but um i would just leave him in there he would suffocate right and then like after he's done suffocating i would remove the padlock and then call mm-hmm. the police and be like oh i don't know what happened Okay, so you you would reveal the body. You wouldn't try to just, like, leave it in the bag or something. Only because I'd have to clean it up then. Like, it, right. it's going to it's gonna stink, and yeah. I, don't, I don't got time for that. So, like, at that point, they need to come get this. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just thinking of, like, the number of times I've talked about a horror film where somebody stuffs a body in a trunk, and then they have to transport it and try to hide that there isn't a body in the trunk. And I do fucking love that. So, the idea of, you know, mm, we just keep this body in here, and then you, you see the, the gym, like, six months down the road, and girls are still doing the tramp onto it body's still in there kind of love it random fact um have you seen paris is burning oh god not in forever okay so i'll have to show you after this then um who i'm talking about because i can't think of her name Mm -hmm. but one of the queens from that movie actually it turned out when she passed away oh god yeah because then they put the story into pose right yep yeah Yep. Mm -hmm. they found a body in her trunk so grim so and i think the people who were in the know said like it was some dude who tried to harm her or something Mm -hmm. and like she killed him and put the body in the trunk and i'm like damn like i know i'm not supposed to root for that i'm sorry (laughs) well but here's the thing it's the same principle as what we're seeing in the short where it's a woman of color who can't Mm -hmm. trust the police like you're just going to get arrested and blamed for that yeah exactly and that's what people were basically saying that it was giving like her life was literally in danger so Mm -hmm. i mean the spirit of that worked in this short so well because i feel like even if you're not a woman of color watching this you can think of times when you faced up against the matriarch uh, sorry the patriarchy and people are literally just like Mm -hmm. they have the the audacity to just basically tell you you can't do anything to me i'm protected 
And sometimes it's not outright in words, but it's in their actions. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I like that first part, like their first interaction in the parking lot so much, because the short wouldn't have the same kind of power. We wouldn't have that same understanding if he just snuck in and she saw him hiding in the mat. They needed to have that confrontation. And then she needed to have a figure of authority like the police say, no, we can't help you. Like that to me justifies everything that follows. I agree. I agree 100%. Just a good time. This was mm-hmm. such a damn good short. Uh, shall we wrap it up? Yeah. I, I have exhausted my notes and I have hid my body. So I've, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go get rid of this thing. I'm, I've run out of bleach. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Ryan, if people want to talk about stuck with you, how do they get a hold of you? They can uh, find me on social media at Brother Ghoulish. And I'm also haunting an underpass near you if you want to meet me in person. So just just keep your eyes peeled. God, you're still out there, man. We got to talk about that. (laughs) Look, okay. We all have our vices, okay? I like to hang out under bridges. There we go. (laughs) How about you? Where can people find you? I can be reached at B still on my remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, uh, if folks like to hear us talk on podcasts, they should also be listening to Blurdy Massacre and Horror Queers, which come out pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot to say between the uh, two podcasts, so you definitely want to check us out. Try <laughs> shutting us up, right? Right. Imagine a crossover. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Four-hour podcast episode for the win. There we go. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I think that will close out another episode of the Alter Tapes. Stay tuned. We'll have another discussion with probably different co-hosts and a different short next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.